apparently he's anti-Semitic now. Oh, right, sorry. Um, yeah, hello and welcome to The Jib. Uh, this bi-weekly podcast is about the many and varied schemes of the many and varied U.S. law enforcement and intelligence agencies, organizations, and committees, and how they are stupid and funny. Join us on our merry journey through space and time. Hi, my name is Barry, and you might know me as the guy who gets trampled to death in the supermarket during a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> or any Black Friday sales, right? <laughs> <laughs> or any time any a group of people are in public, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, hi, everybody. Uh, I am Seamus. Uh, you may know me from the uh, docu-series, Who, Whose Coup Is It Anyways? Whose Coup Is It Anyways? And uh, if you if you are a fan of the podcast, you will be aware of whose coup it is. Okay. <laughs> Usually, right? Yes, but we're not here to discuss a coup d'etat uh, um, today. We're here to discuss um, Judith Barrett. Judith Barrett. Yes, I no, just made up no. the last TH sound. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I don't think no, okay. agree with that. All right, we so, can edit that out, don't yeah. worry. We're going to discuss Judy Berry. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Judy Berry was born uh, November 7th, 1949 in Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, her parents were both... Uh, oh, you know what? Here you go. Hey! Actually, there you go. Picture of, <laughs> I remember the picture this time. There you go. I like her already. Like. <laughs> yeah. uh, her parents were both activists in left-wing politics. I like them already. They advocated for civil rights and opposed the Vietnam War. Judy Berry attempt, uh, attended uh, the University of Maryland for five years. She dropped out without graduating. She said her college career was most notable for anti-Vietnam War rioting. Rioting? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Judy worked briefly as a clerk for a chain uh, grocery store uh, where uh, she became a union organizer. Dun, 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 union yeah, organizer. She's she staring right out of the gate, right? Yeah. Uh, as a mail handler, she organized a wildcat straight uh, in the U.S. Post Office uh, bulk uh, mail facility in Maryland. USPS. So already an enemy of the state, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, she then moved to uh, the Bay Area of Northern California in 1979. Uh, she met her future husband, Michael Sweeney. Irish. A labor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, last name of Barry, Barry, uh, right? Well, no, that, last, yeah. With an I, Barry, I think is Jewish. Really? Okay. Well, I think so. Okay. Yeah. With the, my, mine is R R Y, my first name. Well, that's Irish, but a B A R I, I think, is Jewish. I'm not sure. Oh, did not know that. Jewish. Uh, Jewish. Uh, <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, at, uh, at a labor organization conference, is where those two hooked up. Uh, they shared an interest in radical politics. And in 79, mm -hmm. Barry and Sweeney uh, married and settled, uh, settled in Santa Rosa, California, had two kids. Two oh, she, that's the end of her story. She settled down yeah. in <laughs> two daughters, and that's well. It's an exceptionally short podcast this week. Thanks for joining us. Yes, right. Ooh, was that you or me? Yeah. I had a sound. Oh, I didn't hear anything. Okay, that's probably a good thing. Okay, I fixed that. Cool. Moving right along. Uh, during the eighties, uh, Judy devoted uh, herself uh, to Pledge of Resistance, a group that opposed U.S. policies in Central America. We've covered a lot yes, of that stuff already. Uh, she was known for her talented uh, banter on the bullhorn. Oh, there she is. Yep. Bantering on uh, the bullhorn. Yep. She also edited, uh, wrote, and drew cartoons for political leaflets and publications. She's a machine. Yep. Uh, around 1985, uh, she moved north with her husband and two kids uh, to the vicinity of the Redwood Valley in Montecino, County, California, and the area of old timber towns. 
Now, also about this time in 86, Charles uh, Hurwitz bought the Pacific Lumber Company, uh, which included Redwood Forest in Northern California. Uh, Pacific Labor Company, uh, Labor. Pacific Lumber Company yes. is one of the biggest, I think it's like the second or third biggest uh, lumber company in the world at this time. Oh, in the world? Yeah. Hurts okay. uh, uh, also, uh, he was looking to pay off the acquisition cost by doubling the comp company's rate of timber harvest. Uh, this did not sit well with area environmentalists. I did not know. Yeah. Uh, federal government was also investigating uh, Horowitz over his use of junk bonds in his purchase. Oh, like he basically is like, like, like a predatory possession, repackaging shitty yeah. mortgages that people can't pay and so on. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I guess I guess why the government would not like him to pay for the... Yeah. Tax, right, okay. Yep. So thus, Earth First... Uh, a radical environmental advocacy group uh, organized in southern southwestern uh, United States decided Pacific lumber should be their focus. Okay. In 88, uh, Judy was instrumental in starting a local one of the Industrial Workers of the World, the IWW. We'll probably have, to, have, yeah, we'll probably have mm. to do an episode on them at some point. A separate uh, one. Yeah, there's oh, a lot fantastic. of IWW stuff, Ben. Uh, yeah. Anytime, anytime labor is involved in you know unions, you know yeah. the government's got to come in. Yeah, remember the American FBI. the government hates nothing more than unions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so yeah, IWW began forming an alliance with Earth First uh, in protest against cutting old uh, growth redwoods. Judy used her labor organizing background to run a workshop on the IWW at Earth one of Earth uh, First. Um, put safe space. Uh, basically, they had a bunch of different, you know, locations that Earth First would, you know, meet. Was it called so Safe they, Space? No, I think oh. that was a What's that joke? typo or correcting. Oh. I don't know what I thought that it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, well, Earth First has the, the exclamation point. So yeah. anytime after the exclamation point, it was constantly trying to change words. So oh, the yeah, autocorrect yeah. thing. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, so, that happens. To so me I'm either. guessing that's what happened. I don't know. But anyways, as well. <laughs> yeah, they were in their safe space uh, yeah. through the formation of the EFIWW Local One. She sought to bring together environmentalists and timber workers uh, who were concerned about harvest rates by timber industry. Uh, she believed that they had a uh, shared interest. Right. Yes. So, you know, she's you know, fucking an, an environmental activist and mm. a labor organizer. Yeah, this is like the pure evil for certain people, right? You know, mm. <laughs> she's lit up for bear. She's ready. Uh, yeah, that year Judy organized the first uh, forest blockade uh, to promote expanding the South uh, Fork L River wilderness, uh, managed by the U.S. Bureau of Land Management. Uh, many timber workers saw the environmentalists as a threat to their livelihood. Mm. At this time, environmentalists were uh, backing their legal suits against timber, uh, overcoming by staging blockades, uh, job sites in the woods, and tree sitting, uh, which mm. they literally would just, you know, sit atop a tree. I've right? seen people do that in England. Yeah. Uh, loggers just saw this as actions of harassment. Perception often led to heated and sometimes violent confrontations between loggers and demonstrators. We support our timber industry. Uh, he, is he one of the guys who doesn't like her? Yeah. I, I, okay. I, that's, that's the impression I'm getting from this picture, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, Judy emphasized nonviolent actions, by, uh, but the media portrayed her as an obstructionist saboteur. Uh, the folks working the timber line were not happy with Judy. Many sent her death threats. One timber uh, worker rammed her, uh, rammed her car with a logging truck in 89. Okay. Uh, she was in the gun. 
it was her and her kids in the car. Fortunately, nobody was hurt, but I believe it was. Mm, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, attacks on environmentalists became common around the time. In August 89, environmentalist Mem Hill was assaulted by a logger uh, in front of uh, 30 witnesses. The logger broke her nose, then threatened uh. the 30 activists who witnessed the assault by firing a shotgun in the air. <laughs> yeah. Benzino County Sheriff's uh, deputies refused to arrest the logger or even take a statement from the victims. When the owner, owner of a logging truck company struck a demonstrator in the face as she was protesting the company's hauling of uh, overgrowth redwood logs and did so directly in front of a county deputy uh, who witnessed the attack uh, from relatively you know close range, uh, yeah. the truck owner faced zero consequences for his actions. Okay. Uh, when private tree climbers employed uh, by timber companies uh, were deputized by Humboldt County Sheriff's. I, got, I love that, right? They just like, oh, we need more deputies. Bing! It's just like, you know, the sprinkling the holy water, you know, now, now you're saved. Go on, go on the way. Uh, violating dangerously distracting tree sitters from 100 feet above the ground. Law enforcement lauded this action. They pulled them out of the trees. They just fucking chucked people out of the fucking uh -huh. trees. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, when Humboldt County uh, Sheriff's Officers uh, use cotton swabs to wrap pepper spray directly into the eyes of environmental no. protesters. The cops were neither reprimanded uh, nor suspended. Well, that's, yeah, cops will swing right in any given <laughs> situation, right? Uh, that's just, yeah, like, what the fuck, man, right? Use cotton swabs to rub pepper spray directly into the yeah. eyes of environment. When you showed me the script first yesterday, I could feel it in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's uh, rough, right? But uh, not all the you know things were rosy uh, between uh, Barry and other folks, right? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Judy. Uh, differences between uh, Judy and her husband, uh, you know, rose up as they do, uh, mainly over politics and you know their lives changing. Uh, Eighty-eight uh, with a divorce uh, between her and her and her husband underway, she met Daryl Charity. Uh, so Daryl. Uh, Yep, uh, the two they became a romantic relationship based on uh, their shared uh, political beliefs and appeared together in various protests. Okay. Around this time, uh, Judy began incorporating music into her demonstrations. On the tune by uh, Yeah, uh, she played the fiddle and sang original compositions by Daryl, uh, who played guitar. Sometimes she sang her own songs. Uh, their song titles and lyrics arose. Uh, aroused controversy as many listeners considered them offensive. Uh, more in the tunes here in a bit. Why would you say that? Why would you yeah. say the the song lyrics and the tunes are offensive? Well, more on that <laughs> later. Yeah. Just now. Tell me yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on April twenty second, nineteen ninety, a group called Earth uh, Earth Night Action Group sabotaged <laughs> power poles in southern Santa Cruz County, causing power outages. Upon hearing of this incident. Judy reportedly said, uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. And so what if the ice cream melted? Hey. Observers in interpreted her statements as approval of sabotage. Uh, and uh, thought Earth First might still uh, be involved in such activities. Mm. A, productive, a provocative flyer was publicized that had been written uh, by Cherney. He called Earth Night's actions uh, and featured uh, images mocking uh, Wrench an earth mover and figures representing saboteurs in the night. So mm -hmm. basically a little bit of a fuck you, right? Yeah. Um, 
but Charney said that the the flyer was uh, fictitious. The identities of the member facetious. Pardon. Thank you for that. Uh, identities of the members of Earth Knights Action Group was never uh, been established, and their relationship to Earth uh, First was a matter of speculation. Hmm. Earlier that year, various environmental groups uh, were called out for tree spiking. Wait now, wait now, wait now. Are, are you yep. claiming? Are you like? Are you sort of suggesting that maybe she was the Earth Knight Action Group? Uh, I don't know what to make of it, honestly. Uh, oh, that's a, there's a lot of, a lot of right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of speculation. <laughs> okay. So, um, I mean, she did call for you know not to to be violent. The specific yeah, thing. They're, they're not they're not suggesting anything violent either. They're just suggesting to sabotage machinery. Right now, tree spiking. The reason that is an issue is because they would literally put spikes into a tree, and if somebody was cutting, and if it got caught, if the machinery got caught, hurt them. you could get you can get hurt. People have been killed. So tree spiking means putting spikes in trees. Yes, literally. I know it sounds obvious, but I did not know that when I read yeah, this. I, I didn't either. I didn't yeah. know it. Oh, okay, I thought tree spiking was something else. Okay, yeah. Uh, other uh, other actions uh, that led to injuries and sometimes death death uh, to area loggers. Right. Uh, Judy and Earth First uh, were against such actions. Now they all oh, always they weren't always you know whenever okay. they started they were even Judy writes a song about it which we'll mm. talk about in a second. Um, but they grew and decided hey this isn't especially because remember. They were actually talking to the loggers and trying to get them yes. on their side. And that was some of the shit that the loggers would bring up. Like, what the fuck? How am I going to be okay with you whenever you're going to put me in danger? And so yeah. they're like, yeah, they're okay. Yeah, so let's let's try to find other ways to, you know, not be, you know, dicks and hurt you. Like these loggers don't realize it, but they are also victims of the huge yes. corporations. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Judy and the leadership of Earth First openly condemned these publications and claimed, oh, wait a minute. Sorry, I skipped ahead there. Uh, la, 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 la. Still, pamphlets uh, began to circulate claiming to be Earth First, promoting tree spiking and other violent acts. Mm. Uh, Judy and the leadership of Earth First amply condemned these publications and claimed that they were fraudulent. Uh, it, was a ter it was never determined who was trying to make the group out uh, to be hell-bent on violence. We can guess. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, these fraudulent fires uh, led to members of Earth uh, First receiving dozens of death threats. Law enforcement refused to investigate the death threats. Uh, signaling their uh, tolerance for violence against environmentalists. If you turn up dead, Judy, Mencito County Deputy uh, or Sheriff's uh, Dep Sergeant, sorry, uh, Steve Satterwhite, Satterwhite told Barry, uh, then we'll investigate. If you turn up dead, we'll investigate. Yeah, we'll check it out then. That awesome. seems sarcastic. Yep. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, May 9th, uh, 1998, failed incendiary pipe bomb was discovered in the, uh, the Lewis Pacific Sawmill in Cloverdale, a hand-lettered uh, hand sign saying LP screws mill workers, uh, was placed outside the mill. Responsibility for the bomb was never established. May 22nd, uh, 1990, Judy met local loggers uh, to agree on ground rules for nonviolence during the Redwood uh, summer demonstrations. Uh, Redwood Summer was an effort to rally folks behind the uh, man. I can speak today. Proposition one thirty, yeah. Uh, proposition uh, Proposition one thirty, the Forest uh, Forever Initiative would pass in the fall of nineteen ninety elections. It would put it into uh, a uh, to the unsustainable liquidation logging and clear cutting. The three big logging corporations of the Redwood uh, region 
Georgia Pacific, Louisiana Pacific, and Pacific Lumber would lose hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, uh, no, they and, wouldn't really lose hundreds of millions of dollars. It would just take longer for them to make it. True. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. Uh, at early afternoon of the May 23rd, 1990, Judy started a road trip to Santa Cruz to organize Redwood Summer and related musical events. She stopped for a press conference at uh, Ukiah uh, for a meeting at Seeds of Peace Collective House in Berkeley. That night, she stayed overnight in Oakland at the house uh, at a house near MacArthur Park. In, or sorry, MacArthur and Park Boulevard. Into MacArthur Park. Yeah. <laughs> Who sang that? In Oakland. Oh, Richard Harris, was it? Was it? Okay. Uh, on uh, May 24th, 1990 in Oakland, California, Judy and uh, Daryl were traveling uh, in her car when it blew up by a pipe bomb under her seat. Her car uh, exploded. Yep. She was driving and was severely injured by the blast. Daryl suffered minor injuries. FBI bomb investigators reached the scene nearly simultaneously with the first responders from Oakland Police Department. The FBI bomb investigators. Normally it takes a few days for them to get there, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. Judy raised suspicion that the FBI knew about the bomb beforehand yeah. and might have been responsible for it. Smells like but, that, doesn't it? Yeah. More about that and a few. But now it's time for the top 10. Top 10, yeah. Uh, we decided I'm going to read these out today, even though yep. you wrote them all. These uh, top 10 songs by Daryl and Judy, and I cannot emphasize this enough. We're not joking. These are actual songs by Daryl and Judy, and I've been assured that these are real, right? Mm -hmm. By Seamus. Yep. Okay. Straight at number 10, Bomb School. Bomb School! Bomb School! Do-do-do-do-do-do-do! Okay. Number 9, Who Bombed Judy Barry? Or as, as, as I like to call it, the FBI song. Um, <laughs> eight, not a carload of nuns. Okay, so that, that does leave the field open for what it would be, because it's not a carload of nuns. Mm -hmm. uh, seven, logging to infinity. All right, which, okay. Six, it's called letters to the editor. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to keep my shit together. Number five. Okay. Number five of the songs. These are real songs, okay? Yeah. Number five is Spike a Tree for Jesus. Okay? Uh, number four is Will This Fetus Be Aborted? Which is, I guess, a little bit of mission creep for their organization, but whatever, right? Yeah, she, 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 she took part, uh, uh, took part uh, in anti- um, or pro-abortion rallies. So... Choice stuff. Yeah. yeah, Judy did, so... I would imagine so if she's a uh, like a labor leader and so on. Mm -hmm. um, number three in the top ten songs by Daryl and Judy is Knocking Out the Leaders, which is fair enough. Um, number two is uh, a gentle ballad called Gentrification. And number one, the number one top song by Daryl and Judy is Francis Bacon Was a Pig. <laughs> That's awesome. But there's more. There's more. We mm -hmm. always have a bonus round to these things, don't we? Yep. Okay, the bonus round in the uh, songs that Daryl and Judy wrote is uh, The FBI Stole My Fiddle. Dun -dun -dun. Dun -dun -dun. All right. That is the top 10 songs by Daryl and Judy. And now I just want to listen to them all. <laughs> I was just speaking as a pig. 
That's intriguing. Yeah, yeah. I, I they said I, I only listened to the last one on the the bonus. Oh, what did you listen to? Yeah, the FBI stole my film. Does this so. deliver on the promise of the title? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really good. I'm recommending good. we all look for the FBI stole my yeah. fiddle and listen to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have good. a lot of recommendations before this is over. So <laughs> okay, good that's, that's definitely one. Francis Bacon was a pig. Uh, oh, I listened to that one as well. Oh shit, is that the car? She that's was the in? car. Yep. Fuck me, how did they get out alive? Oh, you wait. It's the, oh sorry, I've only read this. I haven't seen any of these photos. Yeah, I've read there's the there's some more pictures that you'll just be shaking your head. Oh my god. Here, uh, the FBI took jur jurisdiction of the case from the Bureau of uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Uh, boy, that used to be longer. Uh, alleging that uh, it was eco-terrorism case. When the well, Oakland police... You guilty of something. Right? It's like right out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, the FBI init uh, initially accused uh, Judy and Daryl of knowingly carrying a bomb for the use uh, of terrorism. Mm. Uh, the story made headlines nationwide by 3 p.m. of that day, the bombing. Uh, Judy was arrested for transporting, uh, well, sorry, transportation of illegal explosives. Mm. Uh, she was being treated in Highland Hospital at the time. That's what um, that's like what the Israelis do, like when they blow up a hospital in Gaza, and they say, well, actually, that was a Hamas bomb <laughs> that misfired. And it was like, oh, thanks, somebody. I think you targeted yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the call was coming from inside the house. Yes, right? and it was um, in Hebrew. Yeah. Uh, when a reporter uh, asked uh, Judy uh, what uh, she wanted the FBI to do about the bombing, she said, find the, uh, the bomber and fire him. Oh, sassy. I like the sass. Uh, yeah. Just after, uh, uh, after the bombing, Judy was being uh, held, uh, was sorry, was being wheeled into surgery. An Oakland police officer asked Judy, um, who did this to you? She said, Timber. Timber, yeah. Pretty yeah. much, right? I, yeah, I don't think that was like a warning. Like, look out, timber. <laughs> no, timber. <laughs> she was accusing the timber industry of hurting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pipe bomb blast. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's the same car as we saw in the last photo in the same uh -huh. condition. My God, they were in that car, yep. and the FBI is trying to say that they did that to themselves by accident. Oh yes, yes. Okay. Uh, the activists and their attorneys uh, would eventually come to believe that both uh, answers were correct. Uh, a widely a view widely shared in U.S. environmental activist communities rever uh, revered environmentalist uh, David Brower, former executive executive director of the Sierra Club, uh, said the bombing uh, of the bombing. We've seen in the operations of our own government all sorts of acts that make it impossible to believe our government, as they can fund death squads in El Salvador, they can fund death squads in the United States. True facts yeah the first fbi agent to show up at the bomb scene was special agent timothy uh mckinney, McKinley, McKinley. sorry uh he arrived, uh, he arrived ooh, uh, arrived less than 20 minutes after the bomb detonated later in a report mckinley wrote uh that the next officer to the scene told him judy barry and Daryl charney are subjects of an investiga uh, fbi investigation in the terrorist field this agent was frank doyle Irish. Now, he might look familiar to some of you if you ever watched Mythbusters, because he was on there too. He was on an episode of Mythbusters. On several episodes. As a person or as a subject, like if... as a as and he would talk about bombs and stuff. Oh, he's a consultant. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I see. Okay. 
And bottom yep. X were the FBI. Yeah. May not feel the same way at bottom when this is over. But hey. If, if any of you have ever, by the way, called <laughs> the police to a rough situation or you're in trouble and you call the police, remember the FBI officer got to the scene. The FBI guy got there uh -huh. in 20 minutes, less than 20 minutes. Yeah. All right. That, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't happen. Trust mm. me. Um, uh, again, he was a Bob expert. Uh, later, uh, court testimony revealed that exactly one month after uh, the Oakland bombing, uh, Before. Doyle, sorry, one, thank you. Damn, I'm butchering this fucking no, right, no, no, right. Um, What's here? Yeah. Uh, before the bombing, Doyle had run uh, what is called a bomb school, anti-terrorist course on the Louisiana Pacific land. It's really interesting. Um, Doyle arrived uh, on the scene shortly after McKinley and immediately took charge. Uh, later uh, told the court he just happened to be driving around the East Bay uh, East Bay in his Suburban. Uh, Special Agent John Conway showed up uh, next, followed by dozens of other agents from what the FBI called its terrorist squad. Later, Judy, uh, Judy quipped that the FBI arrived so quickly it was as if the uh, agents had been standing around the corner with their fingers in their ears. Like the, as if they just threw a grenade and then uh -huh. were waiting for it to build. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oakland Police Sergeant uh, Michael Sitterlid, Sitterid, close enough, uh, later uh, declared in a sworn deposition that during a uh, briefing on the evening of the bombing, uh, FBI agent John Rakus uh, told Oakland police officers that he was in charge of the FBI terrorist investigation unit that Barry and Cherney, in fact, qualified as terrorists, and that there was an FBI investigation going on their activities where the, these individuals were sus suspects. Okay, so they have a file on them. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. At the time of the bombing, Riggs uh, was meeting with Soviet security agents to formulate a safety plan for the upcoming visit of uh, to the U.S. by Soviet President then uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. Uh, apparently, he left the special meeting uh, to oversee the crime scene. Seems a little right. Uh, yeah, he told assembled officers that Barry and Cherney had been headed to Santa Cruz to bomb the Moss Landing power plant, and that the pair were known terrorists. Well, I sure hope you got some evidence for that claim, buddy. Uh, well, unfortunately, in court for the FBI, that is. Uh, they were unable to validate any of these claims. <laughs> okay, they're just saying yeah. shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, the FBI moved uh, with remarkable speed and linked Barry. I mean, might say uncharacteristic speed as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, later, act, uh, later the activities. Uh, sorry, later the activist lawyer, uh, famed civil rights attorney Dennis Cunningham, said uh, they cooked an affidavit up and presented it to the judge at two p uh, two in the morning. Got a search warrant, searched the homes of Daryl and Judy overnight. The next day, the, uh, the news was there. It was all on the news. They took several of Judy and Daryl's uh, friends into custody and then went ahead with mm. this case. Uh, I don't intend to run out of town, said uh, Barry. I don't intend to shut up now. Uh, we're going to sue their asses. Yay. Yay. Yep. Uh, FBI agents traveled by helicopter 200 miles. Uh, to Barry and Cherney's homes. The FBI uh, didn't just search Barry's home. They tore apart terrorists young kids uh, who were uh, who were there with Barry's ex-husband at the time. They confiscated hundreds of common household items, red marker, duct tape, Elmer's glue. 
that they had said were bomb making materials. So I have a red if, marker and duct yeah. tape and glue in my house. You have a oh, fucking terrorist. I knew it. The FBI fucking may come terrorist. to my house in a helicopter in the middle of the fucking, night. Fucking terrorist. Mm. Uh, agents ripped apart uh, window sills, searched uh, in search of nails, which they would later claim uh, matched those uh, that were strapped to the bomb. Despite clear signs of a ruse, the press covered the discovery as facts. Mm. Even after FBI's own top crime lab uh, analyst, David R. Williams, based in Washington, D.C., examined the nails and determined that they were nowhere near a match. Nor could they possibly be, since nails are produced in batches of many millions. The FBI insisted that indeed they were. And his affidavit, Sittard, the uh, sergeant from Oakland, uh, even reported that Williams had told him Bob fragment, uh, fragmentation nails and the two identical nails uh, from the box in Miss Barry's residence were manufactured by the same machine within a batch of 200 to 1,000 nails. And later deposition, Williams testified he had said no such thing. Not even that he said no such thing, but he said the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Moreover, if you're going to put nails yeah. in a nail bomb, why would you go to your own windowsill? Yeah, right? You just go to the store. Just go to the store, buy some nails, preferably in a town far away from where you live, but still, yeah. you know. Yeah, mm. just makes no, no fucking sense. Yeah. Uh, the pipe bomb had clearly been placed under Barry's seat. There she is. Where where police yeah. and paramedics found a gaping two foot by four foot hole. Where yeah. paramedics uh, would testify that they, that uh, he had actually stood in the hole under the driver's seat to extract berries berry from the car. Mm. Yet within an hour of the bombing and forever forward, the FBI and Oakland police would insist that the bomb had been on the floor of the back seat. Mm. No, matter, uh, no matter that the uh, back seat was virtually undamaged. That makes no sense. Their claim makes no sense at all on any level. Right. Um, therefore, they said that uh, Judy and Daryl must have seen the device and were knowingly carrying their bomb. And they must have seen it because it was definitely in that place that it definitely wasn't in. Right. Right. Um, yeah, Barry's te uh, legal team would eventually obtain photos of the bombed out car taken by Michelle Beebe of the Oakland Police, uh, who was the first officer at the scene. In her report, Beebe states... Uh, that she took photos showing the damage under the driver's seat. Hmm. Uh, the photos clearly show a gaping hole directly under the driver's seat in an intact back seat. Hmm. So let me show you. Oh, you have them? I have two photos I can show you here. Cool. Uh, oh, yeah. That looks like some damage. Yeah. Pretty dramatic damage. Yeah. Jesus she was sitting on top of that. Yep. Jesus, they must have blown her arse off. And then, oh, the back seat. Look at it. That's Isn't the back that seat. Huh? I mean, that's, that's, that's the back seat. Pretty much intact. Yeah. If you see like where she's at, it's fucking gone. Yeah. That's pretty clear cover, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're saying the bomb was under that seat that's intact in the photo. Yeah. Well, a bunch of morons. Okay. They're not just they're that. Really okay. Yeah. No, but it's just stupid. Like, the whole thing is stupid. Yeah. I mean, anybody yeah. sees that is going to say, you know, exactly what, I mean, it's just fucking common sense. Yeah. Um, they released uh, to us these incredible photos that absolutely, without a doubt, show that the FBI and Oakland police lied. That they, knew, they knew that they were lying, Judy said. Mm. Uh, any idiot uh, would have known that the bomb was under the front seat. 
and meant to kill. My observations of these photos is this evidence, uh, the evidence was unambiguous, and so the arrest based on the claim that they brought, uh, that they thought the bomb was in the backseat must have been deliberate rather than a mistake. Yeah, the whole thing looks like it looks like a setup now, right? Yeah. Uh, it was later discovered that was Judy, by the way, said it. Uh, it was later discovered uh, that it was Doyle who allegedly overruled the Oakland sergeant on the scene, who was the bomb, uh, who said that the bomb was under the driver's seat. Other yeah. officers at the scene testified that Doyle argued with him and quoted, uh, quote, saying, "I've seen, uh, I've been looking at bombs, I've been looking at bomb scenes for over twenty years. I'm looking at this one, and I'm telling you, you can rely on it." This bomb was visible to the people who loaded the back seat of this car. Right. Uh, Doyle later claimed that two bags of nails found in the back of Judy's uh, car matched uh, nails taped uh, to the bomb with shrapnel uh, for a shrapnel effect, when in fact there were not even the same type. Why did she have two bags of nails in the back of her car? Right. Well, obviously, to you know, be shrapnel. I mean, <laughs> she's got to fuck up some stuff, right? So they planted the so they planted the nails as well, and not even the right ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now, something else uh, to consider is that the FBI, you know, based on a few episodes too, uh, yeah. uh, as we've covered here, uh, has a history of stirring up things with activist yeah. groups. It may uh, show. To, uh, to learn that uh, this wasn't the first time the FBI had been involved with Earth First. In 1988, a major FBI sting operation launched against Earth First in Arizona. The FBI spent $3 million and employed over 50 agents, extensive wiretap body, uh, wiretaps, body wires, and overt entrapment in order to arrest Arizona First activists um, for conspiracy to down power lines. Okay. At, the hop, uh, at the heart of Operation Thermacon, short for thermite conspiracy mm. uh, where undercover fbi provocateur michael fain an informant ron frazier who infiltrated a group of environmentalist activities in prescott uh through uh, uh though unsuccessful the uh the fbi worked long and hard that's what she said to entrap these mm. individuals into using explosive to down power lines apparently the fbi sought to involve F uh, earth first which with explosives in order to create a sensation, uh, no case yeah, against them. Uh, this would serve to discredit Earth first and provide justification to conduct uh, illegal investigations and operations against the political and First Amendment activities of an environmental movement nationwide. Where have I heard that before? Um, mm -hmm. Busted on uh, May 30th and 1989 uh, yeah, in the Arizona desert, four people were caught with cutting torches uh, attempted to disable power transmission towers leading to a pumping station of central uh, Arizona. Uh, project CAP. CAP is a billion dollar pork barrel project to carry Colorado River water up uh, uphill across hundreds of miles of desert to water lawns of Phoenix and Tuscan. And now uh, for the non-Americans, a pork barrel project, I think, is a project that gets tacked onto some oh, fairly okay. essential legislation as just a way to spend money locally to get the thing over the line for the local representatives. Yeah. Is that true? Okay. Yep, that's, that's okay. a very, very well way of saying it, Barry. Uh, Judy laughed, uh, calling uh, calling this the only uh, joint FBI Earth First action ever to take <laughs> place. 
uh, undercover FBI agents uh, picked their target, drove drove the truck, and taught activists to use accelerated torch. Um, the FBI paid informant Ron Frazier $54,000 in cash in exchange for the implications of Earth Firsters and granted him immunity for prosecution for various crimes. Again, does this not sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, uh, Judy, the first lesson in activism is that the person that offers to get the dynamite is always the FBI agent. Let me just pause a moment for Judy there. Do you yeah. remember that uh, Freddie Hampton episode we had? Exactly. It's like and the guy who was pushing for the guns and the bombs was the undercover FBI agent, and obviously so all along. And they all just ignored him. The yeah. whole Black Panthers were all like, no, no, dude, we don't need bombs, man. We're cool. <laughs> but he made a good chili that night, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that was bad. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, in 1990, uh, yeah, 1999, investigative reporter Nicholas Wilson from the uh, Albion Monitor wrote, there is evidence from the FBI's own files that agents falsified evidence against Barry and Trinity, suppressed exonerating evidence, and conspired with Oakland police to try to frame them. There is good reason to believe the FBI was actively or passively involved in a bombing. Uh, within an hour of the Oakland explosion, none, of the, uh, none other than Special Agent Doyle, the bomb school instructor, was taking charge of the bomb scene investigation. Since uh, he was the, bomb, the FBI's top bay area bomb expert, the FBI and Oakland bomb investigators first at the scene, some of whom had had been his students, deferred to his assertions about the evidence. Okay, well, that makes sense, I guess. Yep. Uh, Dennis Cunningham argued in a quick brief, uh, in some, there is no such, uh, there, sorry, there was no such way, such an, an experienced bomb technician as Frank Doyle or other investigations, other investigators, or Ray Charles or Stevie Wonder, would not have known that the bomb was under the seat when it blew up. Cunningham went on to argue that the investigation that the FBI conducted was a fact, really a sham. There was a lot, a sorry, there was not a serious or good faith attempt to solve the bombing either. And within, uh, and within the cover of that, they did a lot of work investigating Earth first. Mm. Uh, no matter the evidence, FBI. And Oakland police fled, uh, fed state and national media with a stream of fabrications to further discredit Earth Furt's first and convict Barry and Trani in the press. In 1990, the FBI media outreach uh, about the bomb was such regular and, and un, uh, that in July, when Earth First activist Mickey Doulis arrived in New York, it appears uh, on the Donahue Daytime TV show, her car, uh, car, uh, Sorry, her cab driver, uh, learning that she was a representative of Barry and Cherney, said, you mean the people who bombed themselves? Mm. Hey. Uh, July, yeah, July 17th, 1990, uh, Alameda uh, County Assistant to, uh, District Attorney Chris Carpenter announced that his office would not prosecute Barry or Cherney due to lack of evidence. The DA didn't want to go to go down with the ship that the FBI and the Oakland Police were sinking, Trey said. Um, he also added, there's little joy in vindication when there's still a mad bomber on the loose. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't intend to be run out of town now. We're going to sue their asses. I think I said that before. We'll yeah, say it again. She, said, she yep. still said it. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, on November 6th, 1990, Proposition 30, oh, sorry, 130 was defeated by California voters with 52.13 against 
Yeah. Opponents emphasized the disruptive activities of the Redwood Summer, which interfered with timber workers and the support of Earth First for Proposition 130. It uh, had been accused of sabotage and violence against workers in the past, despite these, their vindication, the smear campaign against Judy Darrell and Earth First worked. So that kind of... You know, People believe the bullshit. Exactly. Uh, Judy and Daryl were not done. Uh, their legal, legal team uncovered loads of information that uh, not had been presented to them in the fr uh, first place. Uh, sorry, they had uh, previously kept from them. One was the existence of a letter linked to the bomb. Six days after the bombing, the Santa Anta, sorry, Santa Rose uh, Press Democrat received a type letter taking credit for the bombing. Uh, the letter was signed, The Lord's Avenger. Lord's Avenger, okay. Yeah. Uh, the letter described in detail the composition of the bomb in Judy Berry's car. I built with these hands the bomb that I placed in the car of Judy Berry. Doubt me, not for I will tell you the design and materials such as I know. Uh, the letter declared that the primary motive behind the Oakland bombing was revenge uh, for the counter-demonstration Barry had conducted in front of Planned Parenthood clinics in Ukiah uh, earlier, uh, years earlier. I saw Satan's flames shoot from her, uh, from her mouth and eyes and ears, as one does. Um, the, reference, uh, was, the reference was to an incident in November 88 in which Barry confronted uh, radical anti-abortionists who were intimidating women coming to the clinic. The leader of the anti-abortion uh, protesters was an ex-football player in Louisiana Pacific mill worker, Bill Staley. At the beginning of the rally, Staley uh, barred into the clinic and asked if this is a place where they were killing babies. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, so this is probably why the you know the song. Well, yeah, we're gonna talk about that when she came. Uh, when she came to confront Staley and her cohorts, Judy decided the best offense was an offense. Uh, or be offensive as possible, right? Um, standing directly across from Staley, Barry and Turney, uh, Turney sang a tune that they wrote the night before. Will the fetus be aborted? Will the fetus be aborted? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, in the letter, the Lord's Avenger also took credit for uh, the May 10th uh, pipe bombing of the uh, Louisiana Pacific Corporation Mill in Cloverdale, claiming that he had done so to frame Judy. Uh, local police found handwritten sign outside at LP Screws Millworkers, considering he's a millworker, mm. right? Uh, the, uh, the writer described Clover, Cloverdale bomb in great deal, detail, too. The mm. press Democrat ultimately decided to contact the FBI about the letter. Within hours, agents uh, arrived and took it into evidence. When the FBI explosive expert read the letter, they concluded that the author, in fact, had direct access to specific information about both devices, uh, indicating that the author's close pers uh, precipitation either directly or indirectly with bomb making. Well, that's true. Then it's nothing to do with the timber industry. Maybe. Or right? the FBI. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, the religious rhetoric in the letter uh, <laughs> led many people close to the case uh, to suspect Bill Staley, but records suggest that the FBI investigators did, didn't question Staley until uh, more than two months later because they were too busy, you know, focusing on Judy and yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, he then denied uh, both uh, being the Lord's Avenger and planting bombs and volunteered to take a lie detector test. According to Barry's legal team, he, he was dismissed as a suspect. Lie detector tests mean nothing. Sure. Uh, in... Sorry. Right. Uh, la, 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 la. Tuesday, May 21st, 1991, Judy and Daryl filed a lawsuit against the FBI Oakland Police Department. Three days later on the first anniversary of the bombing, uh, Barry addressed 200 supporters gathered outside the federal building in San Francisco. I was targeted for assassination by the Timber Corporation, backed by the full power of the police state. No serious investigator, no serious investigation has taken place. I've been blamed for the crime like a rape victim. Well, maybe she wasn't targeted for assassination by the Timber Corporations. I mean, she was definitely blamed for the crime like a rape victim, but maybe, right. maybe it was um, and a pro-life activist that were targeting her. Right. True. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, it all could. I mean, it and the FBI just kind of dovetailed their interests. Yeah, and it could have been just that the bomb was planted, and the FBI was there to pick him up, and the bomb just went off. I don't. You know what I mean? There's always an odd thing that they they arrived on super quick, isn't it? And that the guy lied yeah. immediately. Like, look at that photo. Yeah. I know nothing about bomb dynamics, and I can tell you where that bomb was and where it wasn't. Right. I mean, your eyes are photo. just not gonna. Yeah. yeah. So oh, hello. Judy and her legal team. We'll talk hey. about that more here in a second. Uh, in addition to the highlights, uh, highlighted FBI history of representation, the Barry Cherney lawsuit will, uh, would expose the Oakland Police Department's long collaboration with the FBI to disrupt oh, and destroy go. political movements. In a deposition, uh, Kevin Griswold, uh, the Intelligence Division Chief of the Oakland Police Department, admitted that his office had monitored Earth's first activities since 1984, no. including through the efforts of at least one informant who had infiltrated the West Coast Earth First groups. He noted that his department kept files on more than 300 political groups and individuals throughout the San Francisco Bay Area. A lot of files. Yeah. In 1996, the plaintiff's attorneys learned of a paid informant whose testimony was being used to justify the arrests. They sought to have the name of the agent's uh, agent revealed, but the presiding judge refused to disclose the information. Mm. So, uh, Dennis Cunningham, who would be the gentleman on uh, your left there, Judy's right. Oh, the old guy. Uh, yep, uh, led um, the team to represent Judy and Daryl's case. Cunningham was well known for representing prisoners uh, who had been involved in the 1971 uh, riot at Attica State Prison in New York. He was also the leading attorney in lawsuits exposing FBI and Chicago police conspiracy to assassinate Black Panther leader Fred Hampton. <laughs> Kenny Ham, uh, an attorney, Mark Harris, also represented plaintiffs uh, in pepper spray lawsuit against the Humboldt uh, County Sheriff's Department. So the cotton swab assholes, right? Yeah. And uh, a 97 brief, uh, Kenny Ham told the court, we can, uh, we can be found in overwhelming evidence the FBI engaged in a plot to neutralize Earth first by fermenting the arrest of Judy and Daryl after they were bombed by willing co-conspirators in the Oakland Police Department. Both groups lied about the evidence in order to smear Judy and Daryl in the headlines and lied again uh, to keep the sensational case going when it was clear that there was no evidence connected the two to the bombing in any way. They are lying now to cover up the lies that they told in 1990 and 1991. The major um, lying and political foul play by the FBI, which occurred 
in the case qualified it as a major scandal in its own right. A special prosecutor should be appointed to look into the lying and falsified uh, that has occurred and is still going on. Which at the very least, two middle-aged white guys should do a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah, but by the way, there never was no a no special no okay. no no that was ever appointed. No no tribunal. No. Uh, okay. It, it, it's also uh, worth noting since we're bringing up all these names from the past, right? Uh, we do have a, a bit of a returning champion. Okay. In this, uh, and he was also named in, in the suit. His his name is Agent Richard Held. Held okay. was a special agent in charge in the San Francisco office uh, between eighty five and ninety three during the extensive COINTELPRO op operations against Earth First. He was also involved in uh, some of our past episodes uh, concerning the Black Panthers and Leonard Peltier. Free Leonard Peltier. Mm -hmm. uh, he yeah. Free Leonard Pelty. Uh, he will no doubt be featured in future episodes. Did you mention well. this guy by name, or is he just a part of it? Uh, I, you know, I think I did with Peltier because cool. I know I know he definitely played a, played a pretty role in, uh, cool, cool. you know, empowering certain people there to do some nefarious things. Anyways, uh, after eleven years uh, and many attempts by the FBI to squash his suit, the case would go to, to court. Leading up to the trial, plaintiffs' attorneys conducted more than 50 depositions of the FBI agents, Oakland police officers, activists, and others. The FBI and the Oakland police conducted no depositions, and an astonishing uh, dereliction of that the uh, mirror the agents refu uh, agency's refusal to this day to carry out an actual investigation. Uh, during the two months of the trial, which ran uh, from April to June 2002, plaintiffs called. 41 witnesses and defense called none. Zero. Yeah. All uh, right. Uh, the FBI went so far as to attempt to disallow Judy from uh, providing her own deposition in her case. Uh, unfortunately, in 96, Judy was diagnosed with breast cancer, terminal, mm. uh, which had spread to her liver. Mm. Uh, when her attorneys were asked, uh, asked that she be allowed to give her deposition, uh, uh, Justice, uh, Deputy, uh, Justice Department attorney, Joseph Shear managed to block the action for more than a month, accusing Judy of faking cancer. Surely one phone call to the doctor would yeah. be the end of that. Uh, the court finally allowed Barry uh, to give her deposition, and on January 30th and 31, 1997, providing testimony while reclined on a couch. Which, uh, there she is. Yep. She not look healthy. No, she doesn't. It's well, she's happy. It's a shame. Oh, she's happy because she gets to tell her story, right? So, yeah. uh, attorneys uh, for for the FBI and Oakland Police Department asked not a single question. They didn't ask anything. She just told her her tale, and they didn't nothing. That just does not fucking happen, man. It just mm. does not happen. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Judy died on March second, nineteen ninety seven. Two months later. Yeah, uh, her like a Klingon. What's that? She died with honor, like a Klingon. Yeah, yeah. She yeah had a warrior's those, death. Those fuckers just kept on trying to de delay it because they wanted her to fucking yeah. die and not be able to fucking. Oh yeah. You know, so fucking gross. Uh, her estate and uh, Daryl continued prosecuting the case, uh, which was exposed a sham investigation, bonus investigation of bombing. Uh, which was one element of an intelligence gathering operation, political spying operation about Earth First uh, movement and about the environmental movement in Northern California. Uh, that's 
part of the opening remarks by Cunningham during the trial. Uh, the mechanisms of which uh, was, in classic terms, a frame-up, a frame-up that was co uh, co uh, concocted by the FBI and Oakland police. Uh, he said without equivocation that the, he believed that the FBI must have been directly involved in planting the pipe bomb in Judy's car. That's pretty damning. It kind of looks uh, that way, but I'm curious as to exactly how that happened. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can get into a car. It was parked overnight, and if it was that yeah, pipe bomb I mean, stuff under your... You know, how is this pro-life guy... How is he a part of it? Is what I'm wondering. Like he says, he did it, and that, that, that's not entirely outside the bounds of reason either. Right. Well, Staley. Well, that Staley guy said he didn't do it, but oh, okay. right. Whoever whoever wrote. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that here. Okay. If, if we'll touch on it. Anyways, um, June June 11th, 2002, the federal jury agreed. They found six of the seven FBI Oakland. Uh, police <laughs> Once again, a federal jury them. fucks up the local <laughs> the police. Yep. Uh, oh, so they found him liable for violating. Huh? There's Cunningham behind him. Yep. Uh, for violating Barry and Charity's First Amendment's right of free speech and for violating the Fourth Amendment through false arrest, illegal search and seizure. Uh, the jury awarded uh, Judy's estate and Daryl $4.4 million in compensation yeah. damages. Uh, Daryl told the press the American public needs to understand that the FBI can't be trusted. Ten jurors got a good hard look at the FBI, and they didn't like what they saw. Correct. Fuck yeah. Uh, in 2017, the Environmental Protection Information Center postponedly honored Judy Berry with its annual uh, Preference Life uh, Achievement Award. Thank you. <laughs> uh, award. Several people spoke in honor and sang uh, environmental songs and gathered. Uh, with 300 revelries at the Mattel Community Center in Redway, Southern Hummingbolt County. God damn, I should have just made that shorter. One of the speakers was <laughs> Dennis Cunningham. Um, just want to put up a another picture of Judy because I don't remember her like that, right? Yeah. Um, so. Judy Barry, Joan Baez edition. Yeah. Right. On stage, Cunningham honored Judy, uh, acumen, and courage, uh, but he also said something that, uh, because it came from a leading attorney, in this case, um, Cunningham, without equivocation, said that he believed that the FBI had been directly involved in planting the bomb. Hmm. Uh, Judy was someone, at, as events uh, proved, who was dangerous to the state. She was like some of the Panthers and some of the other organizations who were specific, or sorry, really special targets of the FBI in the 60s and 70s, and that had something that they could recognize was powerful, that she could generate herself out of her own personality, her own experience, her own understanding of politics that she was involved in. Mm. It was only because she holds that kind of danger that they took the risk of striking at her the way that they did. I don't think that after the case that they were ever ever in too much doubt that, that they, the FBI, were in on the bombing before it happened. It was that it was the only way to explain how they uh, how they dealt with it and how they managed to pursue or uh, persuade the Oakland cops to arrest her immediately and how they were able to then put out all poison in the press and generate this sense that Earth First 
was a closet terrorist group. It worked for them. It worked for the people that were working with them. Sorry, with which was well, goddamn, which was Timber, uh, and it worked in a sense of uh, big defeat, Timber. Yeah, defeat. Yeah, it's big Timber. Uh, defeating the Forest uh, Initiative, uh, which clearly was, uh, which clearly was gonna win, and then clearly lost because it was possibly for Timber Industry to associate with bombing. It took a lot of years, and I mean, the bombing happened in 1990. The trial took place in 2002. And then, and only then, it was possible to establish that that was all a lie, that the whole case against Judy and Daryl was a lie. Judy and Daryl worked all those years and kept the momentum alive, fight back against the horrific and horrendous strike at her, at them, that the bombing represented. So, and that's it. That is, that is, that is Judy Berry. I think um, you, don't, you don't need to be a legal expert, I think, to look at that photo yeah. and show at the very least the guy on the scene lied. And he's the yeah. FBI guy. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the start of it. And everything else then has to make sense with that piece of information. Uh, again, sorry to fumble through so much of that. Um, Not worry, man. I, I would, I, like I told you, I was really worried about this one because there's just so much. There's so much I, I had to leave out because the script is so goddamn. Tell them how many pages you had of the script before you. Uh, thirty-one. Well, thirty-one <laughs> pages of the script. This script yeah. now is thirteen pages long, and yeah. he had thirty-one. He scrubbed. He scrubbed yeah. twenty pages of script. <laughs> now I've never done something like that. Yeah. I scrub my scripts. <laughs> That's um, uh, painful, right? It's painful, right? Two things to touch on. Uh, one, because you kind of you brought up again about this Lord Lord's Avenger. The only thing that was ever that we know, at least that I found, um, that they actually did was they tried to link the letter to one of the typewriters and either what either Bear, um, Judy or really? Daryl's house or a house oh, that they no. had a part okay. of. But they no. they couldn't link the letter, and that seemed to just stop. <laughs> Their investigation with it at all, they seem to just uh, drop it. Yeah, uh, the so other a whole thing bunch is, of stuff we don't know. Then, yeah, and the yeah. other thing is, there's another suit. Uh, I don't. I think it's pending because I I was trying to find if it what had happened with it. Um, if somebody does, please put it in the comments, or if I do, one just put us. I'll put it in there. Um, that they're suing the FBI again because the FBI has moved to destroy the evidence that they have on file. Oh shit. Yeah, okay. and, you know, Daryl and company are their point is, hey, the bombers still out there. You should hold on to the fucking evidence. Is this not an active case? Mm. If you know, you're basically admitting again that that you know what what the bomb was meant for has been done with. So you're moving on. Right. That's what you're doing when you're doing. It. Someone in the basement of Quantico frantically feeding papers into a shredder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but they're gonna like do away with the bomb and the forensic evidence because they yeah. want it. You know, they're on them. They want, you know, the DNA and all this stuff of course you know, do, collected yeah. and checked. And it's just, yeah, it's, what the fuck? Yeah, FBI says no. Yeah. Sorry, don't know. Yeah. 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 Why would they say no? I don't know. Um, our, uh, that's it. That's the script. That's it. Man. So next, we move on to what's in the news. Sorry, I meant what's new, not what's in the news. Maybe we should just change it. I don't know. Anyway, this part of the show, if you are new to the show, and you're probably not, but if you're new to the show, this part of the show is when Seamus and I, uh, Seamus puts the word FBI into Google, and I put the word CIA into Google, and we both hit the news tab, and we pick like two or three stories we think might be funny or interesting, but we haven't shared what these stories are with each other before the show, unlike the script, which we have. 
uh, we haven't shared what the stories are, so we're finding out about them for the first time, just like you. <laughs> Seamus, hit me with your FBI business. Okay. Um, so I have, I think, four. Cool. Um, Busy week then for the FBI. Yeah, FBI hosts the Five Eyes Summit to launch a drive to secure innovation in response to intelligence threats. Wow, even they don't um, know Look at all those words that don't mean anything. Yeah, so mm -hmm. it's the Australian Security Intelligent Organization, the director, uh, the Canadian Security Intelligence Director. Five Eyes. Uh, the MI5 Director and the Director for General Security and Chief Executive from New Zealand. Okay. are going to meet with uh, FBI Director uh, Ray uh, okay. to discuss all this. I just bring it up because it just doesn't sound good. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you know, on a cycle. It just doesn't sound good. <laughs> Anytime the MI5 and the yeah. FBI get together, it's yeah. not good. It's, it's like the MI6 and CIA getting together. Not good. Yeah. Uh, mm. Nothing good's going to happen, guys. Uh, mm. FBI targets Muslims and Palestinians uh, in the wake of the Hamas attacks, civil rights advocates warn. Shocker. Yeah. Shocker. Um, it's funny, though. They put out that, uh, which I'm not, okay. They put out that uh, their concerns about uh, extreme anti-Semitic responses to these attacks. Yeah. That's valid. Yes, it is, yes. But where is the concerns about anti-Muslim and Palestinian yeah. attacks? Yeah. It's like they just you know, don't There's, there's, like, there's anti-Semitic uh, racists who will take this opportunity to, to say Jews this and Jews that. That's not, we're having nothing to that. We're going to criticize yeah. the Israeli government decisions as a separate thing from all that. And I'm not into exactly. anti-Semitism. Jews are great. <laughs> the yeah. Israeli government is not. <laughs> fair. Very fair. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought that was kind of fucked up. Um, I love Vanity movies. Fair. I'm a big fan of Jews. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vanity Fair did a piece on the FBI versus Charlie Chaplin. Okay. Um, yeah, might have to do an episode on this. Wow. Um, yeah, it says that... Uh, wow. The FBI file on Chaplin uh, encompass, encompasses just under 2,000 pages. Oh, come on. Yeah. Oh, this is because he made that movie attacking fascism, is it? I'm thinking that's probably why. Uh, uh, but hey, might have to be an episode, so I will find out if we do. So, uh, so makes that speech at the end where he's saying, the workers of the world must unite. <laughs> never never <laughs> say that. Yeah. Uh, sure. FBI informant reports uh, report sparks new theory about Joe Biden. Uh, new theory about Joe Biden. Apparently, uh, Chuck Grassley, who's a senator, yeah, uh, he claims that he has forty people that are confidential, confidential human sources. Love that. Okay, uh, human sources yeah. uh, alleged criminality related to uh, President President Joe, his brother James, and his son Hunter. Any so, any idea what the crime is? I don't know. They keep no, okay, calling cool. the 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 Biden crime family. I mean, I'm not. I would I be shocked that they're a bunch of criminals? No, I wouldn't be shocked that the Clintons are criminals. The Bushes are. They're all fucking criminals. I'd like to know what the charge is, though. I don't. I I don't know. Does it does it look like he specifically says? I know oh, there's right. already been like bribery and all these other things that they assert. Oh, like just yeah, okay. Yeah. Just, hey, if it's true, lock them up. Lock them all up. I'm okay with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I hate both parties. Come on. I would hate for anyone to see our criticism of stuff as meaning supporting someone else. I like know. That's on this I, podcast. I, I, like I you did a whole episode, like you did a whole episode a few weeks ago where we were yeah. basically trashing Obama the whole time. I think yeah. some people in the chat were kind of surprised that we weren't like 
in support of Obama because we trashed yeah. the Republicans so much. That's well, really we not what we're about. But we did trash, you know, Trump at the end too, because yeah, it, was yeah. Trump, it was Trump that charged Hale, not fucking yeah. Obama. Although Obama would have, but that's you know that's we kind of we're not really interested. I, and I like Obama, but like we're not really interested in. We have to start with things that actually happened. You know, we're trying to tell the yeah. truth, and sometimes the truth is just very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. um, th this one's not is probably less important, but uh, just I also found it was interesting. The FBI released its national crime stats. Uh, okay. The data is horribly incomplete. Uh, per horribly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, because what? What? Who? Who? who where? Which website are you on? Uh, this is the Guardian. Well, the uh, Guardian. Because, okay. Because they said that only 83 percent of law enforcement agencies submitted data. So that's a okay. pretty pretty. That's seventeen percent Yeah. So sure. that's the problem. And of course, you know, then they blame the FBI for that, which I don't know if well, that's fair, but hey, they come around. So that's it. That's that's my oh, FBI okay. stuff. I have uh, three CIA-related links. Cool. First one is, uh, title is, from the BBC, Twitter glitch allows CIA informant channel to be hijacked. A cybersecurity <laughs> researcher has exploited a glitch in the CIA's official Twitter account to hijack the channel used for recruiting spies. The CIA really dropped the ball here, the ethical Oopsie. hacker said. So that's yeah. it's on the BBC if you want to read it. It's funny. Another one is, how house housewives played a critical role in the CIA from time.com. And the first bit is, when it comes to women and spying, popular culture fixates on the femme fatale, a Matahari type of female agent wanton, and of course, sinister using her sex to steal secrets. This honeypot stereotype recently cropped up in The Sun, a British tabloid, in a piece complaining that Russia is assembling an army of deadly beauties to help win its contest in wet. There's a long, long ass article in Time about this, and it's a, good, it's a good article about women and spying and so on, and now it's really more about misogyny than anything else, but it's still interesting right. to read. The third link is uh, from openculture.com, and it said how the CIA secretly used Jackson Pollock and other abstract expressionists to fight the Cold War. And there's a whole thing there about that. Um, uh, what's the difference between the United States of America and a cup of yogurt? If you leave the cup of yogurt alone for 200 years, it develops culture. So goes one of the many jokes. I grant, as an American, that such humor surrounds uh, at least a grain of truth. But there was a time when the federal government and took an active role in promoting the country's homegrown avant-garde since it began as a French military term to describe the vanguard troops advancing into battle. And it's a whole thing about the how Jackson Pollock was a weapon in this, the sure. Cold War, and there's a whole thing. And that's in uh, openculture.com. That is also an interesting article if you want to read it. And that is my articles on the CIA. Wow. And that would appear to be our show, I think, this time. We, were, we ran a little bit longer than we usually do, so if you're yeah, still with yeah. us, thank you very much. Yeah, so, sorry, I could talk about Judy Bear all, all night. Uh, she's in definitely... fact, another 20 pages he yeah. could talk. <laughs> yeah, and maybe we will. If, if, I mean, yeah. some of that can be repurposed for another podcast, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So definitely go check out uh, Judy Berry, I believe it's .com, and also Who, Who Bombed Judy Berry is a documentary. I did get a lot mm -hmm. of information from that, as cool. well as her website, the FBI's website. Wikipedia um, page for Judy Berry. Yeah, several... Uh, Articles written in, I believe, Salon was one of the others. So, um, right. also some of the papers at the time. So, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of stuff out there about her and all this stuff. I'm sure. Uh, feel free to correct me. I love that. You know, that's the comments. Direction. Yep. Where we have so, heard. Yep. Uh, um, apologies again. This is probably going to be our longest episode. <laughs> so, all right. It's all right. Yeah. It's okay. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, without it, without anyways. this episode, we wouldn't have that top ten songs. So grateful. <laughs> True. Um, Alrighty, folks. Uh, yeah, it. just make sure you uh, like, subscribe, share, spread the word. Right, we will see you in two stuff. weeks. Tell all your friends.
Thank you. See y'all all later. Bye. Thank you.